Good morning. You're listening to Morning Musings on Divine Mercy Radio with Matthew Hogan. And now, here's Matthew. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Morning Musings. This is Matthew Hogan, and I promise today is the last day we have with Father Fred. I know we've had him on for a while, but I really, really, really loved every single segment and every single moment I had with him, so I wanted to make sure every single bit of it could be shared with you guys. So without any of it being cut, this is the last bit with Father Fred. Here we go. Well, then... You know, when we're here in this Eucharistic revival, because, you know, they did that study, I forgot who it was, it was Pew Research or somebody like that, you know, did a study a couple, two or three years ago and said that like 65% of Catholics in the pew, Catholics who come to Mass on Sunday, when they catch them after Mass, pardon me, sir, can I ask a few questions? Yeah, sure, what's up? Hey, you're obviously a Catholic leaving Mass today. How was Mass? Oh, Mass was great, yeah. Hey, um, did you go to communion today? Yeah, I sure did. When you went up and, and got that, that little host, what is that? What exactly is that? Well, that's a symbol of Jesus. Yeah, the host, it represents Jesus, and we, we, we take part in this in this symbolic, you know, meal or whatever, you know. I mean, you got 65% of Catholics go to church saying that. You know, it's one thing when you got, you know, 65% of Catholics saying they agree with abortion, but, you know, 45% of those people don't go to Mass on Sunday. You know, when you when you talk to the people that go to Mass on Sunday, they're very, they're much more in, you know, in, in line with the teachings of the church of saying that, you know, no, abortion is murdering a little baby and that's not right, or you know, two people of the same sex cannot get married. Sorry. You know, people that go to Mass on Sunday will say that. But now you have people going to Mass on Sunday going, no, this is just a symbol. And I think what that, a lot of that is, is, you know, part of the, the loss of authenticity and the, the fact that, well, you know, a lot of years of bad catechesis. But also, again, this idea that, well, you know, if we just go along to get along, if we can all just agree this is a symbol like the Protestants, then we can all take communion together. Won't we all feel good about that? And so, again, you know, that which is true, good, and beautiful gets reduced to feelings, and that's why we're in the pickle that we're in. Yeah, I've met many people who are also really discouraged by those very facts which you were just mentioning, which is the lack of authenticity and people who are losing their faith and things like the body and blood of Christ. So to the people who are discouraged, what would you say to them as a way of encouragement? Because you mentioned a couple things about like the Eucharistic revival, but I think there's a lot of encouraging things that a lot of people haven't really latched onto yet, which are actually going to be really good for the church in the end. Well, the thing I've seen, especially going back to dealing with the young people, the thing that I noticed in my years in Hayes, working at TMP, working at Sacred Heart High, the 15 to about eh, 25 to 30 year old crowd, 30 might be a little bit old, but 15 to 25 anyway, those young people have rediscovered the Sacrament of Reconciliation and they've rediscovered it big time. And, um, you know, I think what, what, what happens is, you know, again, you go back to 1 Corinthians 11, where St. Paul tells us that if we eat and drink from, you know, eat the, eat the bread or drink the cup unworthily, we're answerable to the body and blood of the Lord. And, you know, we should examine ourselves. That means be in the state of grace, means to go to confession. And then only then, eat the bread or drink the cup, you know, because otherwise, you know, we even drink judgment against ourselves. And I think that the, 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 the greatest thing people can do to nourish their Eucharistic life is to get to confession. And then the second thing is to get, go to adoration. And then, you know, the third, not, not because it's the third most important, the most important thing is to get to Mass and go to communion. But, but if you want your Mass attendance and your communion receiving to flower, to blossom, to take off like a rock, Adoration and confession are going to help that an awful lot. And that's what I've seen firsthand with the younger people. 
Yeah, so with that in mind, do you have anything that you like about the Eucharistic revival in conjunction with that kind of movement to confession? I haven't really seen that much of a connection with it. The little bit that I've talked about, like on Corpus Christi Sunday this past, you know, this past year, I talked a lot about the connection between between worthily receiving communion and going to confession and so on. But like last night at a Knights of Columbus meeting, one of the guys in our parish that's kind of the that's spearheading the cathedral's Eucharistic revival movement, you know, efforts and stuff. He said correctly. He said, you know, this crisis has been two or three generations in the making, and it may well be two or three generations in the fixing. And so, you know, there isn't going to be a quick fix for this. It's going to require, you know, another 20, 30 years of getting into the Catholic schools, getting into the religion programs. I mean, because the other thing that we're seeing now, too, is the plummeting of people receiving the sacrament of matrimony. You know, one of, one of my priest friends that was first ordained when I was like 14 years old and lived in Manhattan there, and, and me and my family, my brothers, we just lived down the street, and he'd call up all the time, hey, can you come over and serve a funeral? Can you come over and serve a wedding? And so we go down and, you know, serve funerals and weddings and so on. And I was talking to him, you know, he, he was there for I don't know how many years, from like 1976 to, I want to say like 82 or something like that, 81 or 82. And and then he went away and, you know, had his priestly career throughout other parishes in the diocese, did an awful lot of good for an awful lot of folk. And then some years later was reassigned back at Seven Dollars in Manhattan. And he told me, he says, yeah, you remember when you were a teenager when I was first here? He goes, I was doing 35, 40 weddings a year. I mean, that, that's, that's almost a wedding every weekend when you factor out Lent. And so, you know, he's doing a wedding almost every weekend he goes, now since I've been back, he goes, I do five or six weddings a year because people just don't get married. They just, you know, hook up and start living together and fornicating and contracepting and making babies. Well, when you're doing that, that is not, that's poison for the Eucharist. You know, you, you know, the, first of all, people that live a life like that, the last thing on their mind is wanting to go to communion. But, and so, and then, then their kids the same way. I mean, sometimes, you know, they'll bring their kids and they want to have their kids baptized. It's like, why? I have no idea. You're not going to have the child raised in the faith. You're not going to come to church. You're not coming to church on Sunday. But, you know, I want to get him in case he dies before he, you know, gets old enough. He won't go to hell for original sin, you know, or whatever. And people have all kinds of kooky ideas. But again, I think that, you know, the sacraments are all kind of interlocking. And if people aren't being baptized, if they're not going to confession, if they're not receiving the sacrament of matrimony, you know, then Eucharist just isn't going to make any sense because, you know, Eucharist is the grease that, you know, that greases all those wheels and makes them go. And um, if people aren't availing themselves of that, then what do you expect? Well, I don't really know what to say either in that case, but I think to probably wrap ourselves up, is there anything else you would like to add to what we've already said? Well, I heard a bishop the other day, and um, and, and he, he says something like this. I'm going to repeat what he said. Somewhere out there, there is somebody hearing my voice. You might be 14 or 15 like I was. You might be 20. You might be working at a job that, you're, that you like, but it just don't quite fit. And somewhere in the back of your head, you've been hearing, maybe not hearing a voice, but sensing kind of a push that, you know, maybe the priesthood is where I belong. If you're that guy listening to my my voice, you give me a call. My phone number here at the cathedral is 785-823-7221. Um, if you're in Hayes, you go talk to Father Andy because he's the he's the vocation director over there at the, at the Catholic Campus Center. Or, you know, go talk to your local pastor, whatever, because there are people out there that are probably listening to my voice right now, and you know what it's like when you're laying in bed at night and you're alone with your thoughts and you kind of you have this sense of this nudge, this push, that it's like, yeah, pushing me out of this life that I have into something like Jesus says 
that I can have life and have it more abundantly. And um, you know, if, if that's if that's your your situation, um, it's in your best interest to follow up on it. Because if not, you're gonna you're gonna go to your grave with that nudge going, why didn't I do something with that? Um, I think there's a lot of folks that are on the vocation, or not even the vocation fence. They're standing down on the other side of it, trying to decide what to do. Well, don't think that you're all alone because there's plenty of folks out here that can help you along that way. But if you're, you know, a young man or a young woman, you know, you know, we have um, the Immaculate Heart of Mary sisters now are going to be in, um, in, in Hayes. Um, young ladies can go talk to them. You know, any young man in the diocese can go talk to your pastor if you had that, that nudge, that sense of that push that um, is pushing you in a, in, a, in a different direction towards the priesthood. Um, don't ignore that and, um, and follow up on it. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you so much, Father Fred, for joining today. And I hope that you have a great day and everybody else enjoyed the interview as much as I did. Okay, very good. Well, God bless everyone out there listening to Catholic Radio. God bless you too, Father Fred. All right, we'll see you. Take care. You too. We will now return to the Sunrise Morning Show. <laughs> 